Cheryl, Sister Cheryl, texted me, and she was wondering and asking if we could lift up uh, Daniel, her husband. He's, uh, I believe he's come down with COVID. If we could just take just a few minutes to lift him up in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, God, we bring this petition before you today, God. God, you already know the needs, Lord. God, we just ask you to step into this situation, Lord. We ask you not only to heal his body, God, but to heal his entire man, his entire being, Lord Jesus. God, I ask you to touch our minds, our bodies. I pray a layer of protection upon the church body, Lord. Push aside all sickness, all doubt, all unbelief. Every avenue the devil tries to use to Weaken the body. We ask you to take charge, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for reversing that curse, God. Thank you for the people of God. Jesus name. Jesus name. Uh, there's something special in this place this morning, church. Uh, he's so good. He's so good. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to Romans chapter eight and verse twenty-eight. Very familiar. Scripture. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk on this subject, all things new. All things new. All things are new. Do you believe that? So do I. Amen. Romans 8 and verse 28 says, We know all things. Everyone say all things. All things work together for good to them. To them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. This scripture has spoken to me in the last month, month and a half, in such a powerful, powerful way. It's funny how you grow in God and you never really, or you don't always understand the meaning of something 
until God gives you a revelation, God shows you, and then it just it it changes the dynamics of something that seems so easy and so obvious. As he peels back a layer of revelation, it just becomes alive to you and it it it, it gets a hold of you and it changes your whole perspective on just for me, on just that scripture alone. And there's so much more, and there's many, many layers beyond what God has already shown me. He's only shown me a little bit. And I thank God for any revelation that God reveals to me. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your your awesome word. I thank you, Lord, for the people of God. Thank you for those that are on their way, those that could not be here, those that want to be here. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Why don't you reach across the aisle? Why don't you shake somebody's hand? Tell them it's good to see them in the house of God today. Now, on New Year's, I made a promise to a young man that I would give him the opportunity to tell, tell the church how God has been good to him this last year. Would you still want to say something? <laughs> when the pressure's on. But I, I, I felt like I needed to hold to my promise, so... But I know that he knows that God has been good to him. He tells me all the time, amen. Something about a child, amen. They're always, well, in most cases, very truthful. Sometimes when we don't want them to be. They reveal the hearts of their parents. Praise God. All things are new. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for enduring with me.
Thank you, Jesus. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, his assignment. God has given us an assignment, amen, a task, if you will. I'm convinced as we are being spiritually transformed day by day that old things are past. The things that has really built us into what we are today as human beings. Old things are passed away, whether they're bad things, new things. And the Bible says not only are old things passed away, but all things are become new. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Yes, it's true our past is still is still in our memory banks. Amen. And sometimes our past can affect, distract what God is trying to do in our future. Paul said this in Galatians chapter 2. He says, if Christ lives in me, the life that I now live in the flesh is by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I think if anybody had a voice that could say, my past can really mess with my future, it's the Apostle Paul. He wasn't always the great Apostle Paul as we know him. In fact, he didn't start off very good at all, praise God. He was a, he was a murderer. He was a killer. He, was, he did anything he could to try to destroy the work of God. And sometimes we can fall into this mindset of feeling like we've done something that God cannot forgive. Amen. A lot of times our pride gets in the way of our future. It's interesting to me when I looked up the word pride. Do you know what the word pride means in the Hebrew? It's, it's quite amazing. I don't know if God has a sense of humor or, uh, and I know God's serious in this aspect, but the word pride literally means gay. Gay. And you look at the world today and, and you think about gay pride and you know that God, God is sovereign. God knows everything. So there's nothing that catches God by surprise. And maybe there's something in, in your past, in my past, that has caused you and, or causes me to question God. Sometimes I'm astounded by where I am in the kingdom of God. I am no better than anybody else.
us to experience certain things in the kingdom of God. It's amazing because God knows all things. And yet God chooses to use the weak, the weakness of men. It's just, it's, it's amazing to me. If I was going to use anybody in the kingdom of God, if I was God, it probably wouldn't be me. But that's just, that's just me thinking. I want to ask you this question. Did you ever stop to realize that God the Creator can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I mean, well, I want you to wrap your brain around that. All that you can ask or think. The things that we haven't even thought about, God can do it. God can perform it. He can perform it above any expectation that I have. I had to come to a place in my life, and I'm still challenged with that a little bit, and I'm still dealing with that, but I, I trust God's Word, and I trust the promises of God. But I have to come to the realization that my past is my past, and if the Bible really says that Jesus came and died for me, then that means He has taken my past, and He's buried it. Yes. He doesn't recognize who I used to be. He only sees the future. He only sees the present, Pastor Torres. You see, the Bible tells me that God, Jesus, he, 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 put, it, he, he put it in my past, and I, I have no, no way to retrieve it, amen. If I, if I really trust in God, and if I really trust in his word, amen. And if I really put it in the hands of God, he puts it, amen, where I cannot have access to it. If I really believe it. And so when the Bible says all things, this means my past, my present, and my future, my bad experiences, my good experiences, everything, all of it. Every one of my experiences, every one of your experiences, everything that we experience in life, praise God, every avenue we go down, it does not take God by surprise. It's amazing when we look at the Word of God that there's so many avenues, Brother George, that was orchestrated by God. Could it be that God is working out your past our past, my past experiences, your past experiences for the good of the kingdom of God, to fulfill God's purpose. You see, my friend, whatever God does is good. Anything God touches is good. When he says it is finished, when he said it was good, it was very good. You see, God's word doesn't lie. God's not here to deceive you into believing something that is not true. If he says he forgave you, then he forgave you. 
If he says he buried every one of your experiences, he buried every one of your experiences. Bible says he spoke the sparrow into existence, but he shaped us. He formed us. Even when man annihilates himself from God, God takes man and causes each mistake to work together for good. That's amazing to me. Why would God love me so much to do that for me? I think back in my life and I, you know, and, and this is just me and, and, and I don't want to contradict myself, but I'm sure we all do. Why do you accept me, God, after all the things that I've done in my life, all the times that I've alienated myself from your presence, God, every time I walked away, every time I didn't believe what you said was true in your word? Why do you still put up with me? Why do you still love me? I've asked this question many, 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 many times, and I get the same answer every single time. And that answer is because I love you, son. Yes. Hear it. Hear it. That's simple. Because he simply loves me and he simply loves you. And I've come to the realization that no matter what I do, I cannot buy God's love. I cannot purchase God's love. I cannot finagle things around my life to prove, amen, to, to win God's love. The fact of the matter is that God is love and that's what his character is. And he just loves me because he loves me. He knew everything I was going to do before I did it, and he still chose to love me. And he loves you. And there's nothing you can do to stop God from loving you. You can go to the Deepest valleys, praise God. You can deny God all you want, but his love is love because God is love. And you will not, you cannot, you never will change the character of God because God is love and all he knows what to do is to love you. But yet our past, our mistakes, try to challenge, it tries to challenge the future that God has for us. It tries to cause us to, one of the words we used at men's meeting yesterday was divert. It tries to cause us to divert away from the purpose of God. Because we don't understand when God says all things are new and God is working out everything in our life for his purpose. We lose, we lose the definition of that because we want to interject, well, God, God, God forgives some things. That isn't what the Bible says. God forgives all things. 
So he spoke the sparrow into existence, and he, he shaped us. Even when man annihilates himself from God, God takes man and causes each mistake to work together for the good. You see, we, may, we might not see, at least I don't always see, how our past can work together for good, but God sees. That's the important part. That's the revelation. God sees. When God created you, he created you with a purpose, and he saw the end result as long as we stay within the purpose of God, under the umbrella of grace. God sees the final outcome. But our past failures, even our past failures can be worked out together for our good. Matthew 26, 22, 20 and 22 says, even when, And when even was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto them, Lord, is it I? You ever been in that position? I have. You see, the outcome of our future depends on how we react in the present. You see, God picks up the pieces of our shattered lives and puts them back together again like a puzzle. He gets all these mistakes, praise God, all these little pieces, amen, and he, and he brings them together and he puts them together. And he works it out for the good. He knows all the mistakes you're going to do. But it doesn't change God's purpose for your life. He wants to work it out for my good and for your good because he has a purpose. And that purpose includes you and it includes me and it includes a whole host of people. In order for us to stay in the purpose of God, we have to trust in what the word says and the word says he loves you and the word says his promises are for you praise God and so we have to stand on the promises of God we have to stand on the promise of what God says praise God and we have to remind ourselves that God still loves me be uh, uh, even though I still made mistakes he still loves me he still cares about me. He still wants me to succeed. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't sit up in heaven and criticize me. He only encourages me. He's trying to establish me. He's trying to perfect me. He's trying to bring me to a place of maturity. I got to stand on his promises. I have to understand, you have to understand that God took our past and turned it around and set you back on holy ground. 
Thank you, Jesus. But Slewfoot, the devil, Satan, tries to use, listen to me, he tries to use these past experiences to destroy you, to cause you to give up, to convince you to quit. But God is bringing deliverance into your life. I don't know when deliverance will get here, praise God. But when it does, he will deliver us from what? From regret. He will deliver us from despair, praise God. God doesn't want you to live in a place of regret and despair, praise God. What you did in the past, you did in the past. You can't go back and change it, amen. But you can bury it. You can bury it. Israel failed to realize that God had led them to a place where provision was needed. We must understand that God has placed us here on terra firma, praise God, to tap into the provisions of salvation, amen, and use that, praise God, to reach somebody that does not know, that lives in a place of regret, that doesn't know about the provisions of God. God has placed us here for a purpose. But we have to trust that the Creator knows how to put the pieces of our shattered lives back together. We have to trust the Creator to put the pieces of our shattered puzzle, praise God, our puzzle of life back together. Why? Because our failures, my failures, your failures can help others find their way to God. Somehow the failures of life will work together for good. Later on? No, right now. Right now, today. Somehow the mistakes I made and somehow the mistakes you made are working together for the good today. God is doing it right now. Don't regret and don't forget, praise God. Your past is your past. Your past failures, listen to this, are instruments in God's hands that can shape you more into the image of Jesus Christ. Romans 8 and 35 says, Who? Who? Or what can separate us from the love of Christ? Amen. Amen. And then he gives some examples. Shall tribulation, issues, trials, or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, can any of these things separate you from the love of God? Only if you let it. If you allow these things to, for, to affect your walk in God, yes, absolutely, 100%, it can separate you from the purpose of God. But as Brother Brown said, there's no way 
I don't care what you go through. It can never separate you from the love of God if you understand who you are and what he's done for you. Because we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Is there anybody that loves God in this place? Don't let your problems, your past life, be a stumbling stone from God's purpose. We don't understand all the times because we're so confused and, 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 we're, and our mind becomes so clouded by, by what we've done and the mistakes we've done and we're stymied in one place. Romans 8 and 37 says this, Nay, in all these things we are only conquerors? No. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us, praise God. I'm looking at an entire army of soldiers, praise God, that are not afraid to attack, amen, the enemy, praise God. What's the enemy? It could be anything that's trying to separate you from the love of God. And that really includes your past mistakes. It's amazing that God knows who we are. God knows where we came from. God knows where we're going, praise God. There's nothing that you can do in secret that God does not know, praise God. There's nothing that you can say, amen, that can alter, amen, what God sees, praise God. You're not going to change the purpose of God for your life this morning, praise God. There's nothing that you can do, amen, to determine your own outcome except unbelief in what God wants to do in your life. I love this Setting. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus. He's the author. He wrote your story out, praise God. He knows all about your life, amen. He knows where you're going to go. He knows how it's going to end up, praise God. He is the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, amen, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise God. I was talking to someone yesterday, man, and uh, he didn't know that I was already, <laughs> That's, the word of God is so amazing. <laughs> Praise God, and I'm just, I'm cracking up within myself, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> you got no idea, man. I started looking at this idea of the past, my past. Anybody in here got a past? Anybody in here got a former life? Anybody in here have past mistakes? 
You know, there's a whole cloud of witnesses in the Word of God that have past mistakes. Moses was a killer. And he tried to bury his sin in the sand. David, a man after God's own heart, had wandering eyes, praise God. And his wandering eyes caused him to murder his friend. Praise God. After, amen, they sat there and they partied together. And his whole thought process was, I can't wait till this guy dies because I want to take something from him. If God can forgive that, surely God can forgive our little things that we do in life. And we could travel through the chronicles of history and see many, 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 many stories of men and women that betrayed God and betrayed each other and did evil things, praise God, that were unforgivable in my eyes and your eyes. We could never get to a place where we could say, oh yes, I forgive you. But you see, God is love. God is not like us. And I'm not saying you don't have forgiveness. Please don't take that out of context. That isn't what I'm saying, but I think you know what I'm saying. There's many people that have done a lot of bad things to a lot of people. And still, God extends the hand of mercy toward individuals. Why? Because the blood that was shed at Calvary, the love of God that drove Jesus to this cross, amen, where he gave the ultimate purpose, where he laid down his life. No greater gift can a man give to another man. No greater sacrifice can a man give than to lay down his life. And so you think, I think about my past and the things that I do or have done formally, praise God. The thoughts that come into my mind, and if you don't have thoughts, God bless you. But I'm always getting bombarded with thoughts, amen, and I'm thinking, how? How can I allow myself to preach and teach and I'm getting all these thoughts, but it, that isn't God. That's the enemy. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to confuse you. He would do anything, anything to stop the purpose that God has for you. And so I was looking at this word past or former life. And like I've been doing lately, and it's, it's very intriguing to me because I, uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm been getting into this a little bit more, but the Hebrew word for past or former is kadim. Kadim. Kadim is... It, it, it means my past or things that happened formerly. Kadim, Q-E-D-E-M. And really it derives from two Hebrew words, amen. The first one is key and it, it, it comes from this Hebrew letter cup, which means the eye of a needle. 
And the eye of a needle is a picture of, uh, uh, when, when the Hebrew was written, it was written in pictograms, pictures of, of things that, that, that they could think of that would make them remember. And, and this, this cup, this, this Hebrew word, is a picture of a, a circle with a needle going in. And, and, and the thought process here for the, for the Hebrews was to, to bring these two things together to create something. To bring it together. But what's more interesting is the word dem. Dem is from the two Hebrew words, mam and deleth, which really means blood. And what the word of God is saying is this, this word kadim, amen, this, this idea of our past, uh, as, as the Hebrew words explain it, is our past is pushed into the blood. And it covers it. And that's what God did on the cross. He took everything about you. Everything you could do in the past, the present, and even the future. Nothing can surprise God. Nothing you do can surprise God. As long as there, there is repentance in your heart, the promises that God had for you when he had a purpose for you, Brother George, is still active. He doesn't change his mind. The door is always available. The door of opportunity is always open as long as you step over the threshold of repentance. Of forgiveness, of saying, God, I love you. And God cannot help, He cannot refrain from reaching out and embracing you and shoving everything that you are under the blood. Under the blood. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It doesn't matter what you've done, my friend. It doesn't matter what you're going to do, praise God. This is what he was trying to tell Peter, praise God. I knew you was going to betray me. I knew you was going to reject me. I knew you was going to curse me to my face, praise God. But it doesn't matter, Peter, because my character, amen, is love. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to love you, praise God. I already know what you were going to be like when I created you, but it did not determine, amen, whether I was not going to have a purpose for you or not. My purpose is still my purpose. And as long as you're breathing, that will never alter for your life, ever. It will never alter what I have for you in your life. Amen. Let's stand. Why don't we raise our hands this morning? Why do we thank the Lord Jesus?